Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 181, and today we have Dr. Genev Cadell. She is a psychologist and integrative coach who helps innovators and high performers connect more deeply to themselves and others so they can live their richest, most fulfilling lives possible and be even more powerful change makers. Genev, how is your day going? It is awesome, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. So before we get into the heavy-hitting questions about business and entrepreneurship, we have to talk about the fun stuff, and that's (laughs) something near and dear to my heart, and that's food. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat, and what are you going to order to make your day complete? So I have this, my husband and I have this theory that at least in our lives, there was a couple of years when we were doing well enough, you know, making some money and we didn't have kids. So we could Mm. do things like go to fun restaurants and enjoy. So this question makes me reminisce of those times right now. Mm. It's like, you know, we have these two little kids and we don't do a lot of dining out. I'll just say that. (laughs) So there's a restaurant in New York that we used to go to called Alta that was an amazing tapas place and so tapas would be the answer in terms of like which ones like just any of them like the olives and the almonds and just you know i i don't care i want some of everything it Mm -hmm. was it was awesome so so yes i would go to alta and have a smorgasbord of different tapas very cool (laughs) i think that is the one thing that america has never been able to do right which is tapas yeah Uh, exactly you know like like we just uh You can be at a bar in Spain, so to speak, for hours on end, not order a plate of food, but receive, uh, you know, just tons and tons and tons of just small bites to kind of just wet the palate to make you stay longer uh, and drink more. Um, (laughs) Why America hasn't caught on to that? Maybe it's a reason because uh, of the the rise in alcoholism, but uh, who who knows? (laughs) But that's not the conversation we're going to be having today. We're going to talk a little bit more about your business, your life, your your dream, and everything else in between. So the first question I'm going to ask you today is tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business, and how did you overcome those obstacles? Yeah, so I, so I, um, I started my first business in 2009, and it was a brick-and-mortar psychotherapy practice. So pretty simple. I mean, I obviously had fear starting it, whatever. I mean, it was fine. And then several years later, when the whole online thing started to be really blown up, I, I wanted to take it online and, and, you know, start being a coach and that sort of thing. So, so I didn't realize what I was in for. <laughs> it's a lot different um, in my experience. It was a lot different sort of putting my shingle out there online as a coach. And, you know, it, it's just a lot different than somebody who's like, oh, I need a shrink for couples therapy or whatever. So I, I joined this coaching program and, you know, I – it was a big deal. It was, you know, an investment and, and, and I really thought it would be so easy. And I was Mm. like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like, I'm going to be fine. Like I've already done, you know, and, and it was not, it was, Mm. it was my, the, I was blind because I really didn't listen to myself. A lot of the times I sort of put blind faith in the person that was leading the program who had, you know, a lot of business savvy and good advice, but 
at, there were at times where I didn't really, I just kind of went with it. I did the cookie cutter sort of thing you're supposed to do. And I didn't really stay true to myself, so to speak. I would just, you know, maybe short circuit my own sort of hunch or intuition or whatever. And I, and I never really, I, I just, it was a failure to launch. I mean, I, I sort of made some progress, but it, I didn't have the quantum leaps that I would have experienced. Uh, we had just moved at the time and we had an apartment that we thought sold, but didn't. So we were mm. paying a, whatever, a lot of, a lot of financial crap went down and um, how did I overcome it? Well, I got I got other help where, um, you know, from and I, I kind of got a little spiritual around it and um, I got help and really got back in touch with myself and yeah. realized, you know, OK, well, I'm in this to win this. And maybe I'm not going to have a super huge quantum leap or anything like that. But, you know, I, I just kind of stuck with it and I kept the needle moving forward in smaller steps, smaller than I would have expected and and did a lot of forgiveness work on myself. I was resentful. I mean, all of this crap that. Yeah. You know, so. Well, it sounds as if that you took your approach um, that you give to your clients and that you give to your um, your friends and, uh, and et cetera, and you applied it to your own life. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. One of my biggest weaknesses is that I'm not really good at relying on or asking for help, so to speak, mm -hmm. and relying on other people so much. And yet it's kind of counterintuitive or it's... The work that I've learned about, which is that it blew my mind when I learned it, and this was in training to become a couples therapist, which was that we are wired for connection. I mean, it sounds like it's obvious, but we are actually, you know, this, the, our species, our human species, we are, our heads are bigger. That's because we need more time to sort of be, we are completely and utterly helpless when we're born. We are wired to be with each other, to connect with each other. Um, and for many people, such as myself and a lot of the folks I work with, you know, we're independent and want to get things done our way and, you know, don't want to listen to the man or whatever. And so what I had to do was sort of, you know, in, in some ways I, I wasn't really taking my own advice by just p blindly putting faith in somebody else. But in other ways, I had to kind of really be vulnerable and ask for help in a different mm -hmm. kind of way, mm -hmm. um, which is not e easy for a lot of people. No, I, I can I can imagine. And I think something that is really interesting to me, um, and the reason why I wanted to talk to you on the podcast was your background in helping innovators and high performers in order to obtain their peak performance, so to speak. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, me being, and I'll just give you a quick backstory. Um, I love meditating. It's something that I've found relatively um most recently, I'd say about like six months or so ago, but I haven't really started getting back into it until about, I'd say about a month or so ago. So what are some things that you could give to us that, um, that, that can prime us to become a peak performer? Yeah. Well, I think meditating is a great one because it forces you to sort of be still and to connect, right? Mm -hmm. And and also to disconnect. And that's the beauty of meditation as well is that it allows you to disconnect from whatever stories you're telling yourself. Uh, the way I like to talk about it is like you're kind of sitting back and watching a river sort of and you're more aware. And it, it really enables this different kind of presence than many of us are used to having, which is really one of the main things that I work with, you know, innovators, peak performers on, um, when it comes to other people, right? So it's one thing to sort of do it on your own, but a lot of the times people come to me struggling with their, you know, most significant relationships. And, you know, I found myself working with all these successful people who, you know, had tons of money and who built these amazing businesses, but they were just like lost mm. in 
their relationships. They were like, ah, so, so, um, so your question is what would, what can you do to prepare yourself to, yeah. you know, right. So certain, well, I mean, from the, from the emotional perspective, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, our subcon we know our subconscious kind of runs the show. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I've heard it described as like, if you're, you know, if your conscious mind is like an ant and it's like your conscious mind is like an ant and your subconscious mind is like an elephant. And if the ant is walking one way and you're like, oh, I'm going to get all these, you know, new customers and the elephant is the elephant is walking whatever way the subconscious mind is working is mm-hmm. the way things are going. So so in terms of actually getting those clients right um, or customers or whatever you want to call it, um, certainly, you know, meditating, but also really imagining what, what how is this going to, what is this going to be like visualizing, really seeing it through that's going to help prime your subconscious to be able to step into that zone much more easily. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think a lot of us might forget, at least I know I'm not that great at is really reaching out to other people and mm. really, you know, using your network and connect and your the people who know you, who, you know, one of the ways that I grew my business and, you know, it still is a huge, you know, referral networker, so to speak, is just people who know me, they send me clients, right? Because they know that they know what I do and they know, or, or clients refer their friends or whatever, but really connecting to others and saying, Hey, look, here's what I'm doing. I mean, you're doing a disservice to people by not really, you know, talking about your work. And again, I'm, I, I mean, I, I love that I'm on the podcast with you right now, but it's like, it takes a gargantuan effort for me to even like reach out to me because mm-hmm. I'm just, it's not in me. So yeah. the more you can reach out and share your message and, and say, Hey, here's what I can do for you. The more people are going to hear. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned about the subconscious and I also want to ask a question. Um, you know, like you mentioned earlier that entrepreneurs have relatively bad relationships or most people who are successful, um, that you've seen have been able to grow their business to whatever, um, become successful, but all of their relationships are in shambles. Why do you think that's the case? So I, I, I won't say all everybody, right? Okay, yeah. So I just no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. Like, but I, I do feel that uh, entrepreneurs, innovators, we have a harder time with relationship, with especially romantic relationships. Because we are, well, for one Mm. reason is because we are so in love with our work in the world Mm -hmm. and it can be all consuming. And as you know, a business takes a lot more than some kind of nine to five or some kind of job you just put your hours in for. So that's one factor is that, um, you know, it, it requires a lot. We love it. And what the problem that I've seen happen over and over again is that it becomes this sort of contentious issue between partners. If there's one partner who's not necessarily an entrepreneur and the other one is really involved with their business or their career or whatever it is, it can become a little bit of a contentious issue where one person feels like the other one isn't really supporting their work in the world. They're not supporting their dream. And then it starts this vicious cycle where it's Mm. like the, 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 um, the sport, the business, whatever it is, it becomes a third party. Yeah. And the way that many people cope with that is by pouring themselves more into it, whereas the partner, it's not that they don't want their other, you know, their significant other to be happy or to be successful. It's that they they feel like they're missing something. And so because they're missing that connection and because they don't feel like a priority. And and that's that's a problem. I mean, we all need to feel like, you know, in our especially in our most significant relationships, we all need to have, you know, at least a handful. I mean, at least one, maybe a handful of people that we feel like, oh, they've got my back no matter what. I can rely mm-hmm. on this person. They're there for me. And so a lot of times um, when this becomes a divide between a couple, you know, entrepreneurial or not, but when any couple, 
because we live in a culture that still does not privilege connection, that still does not recognize that we are stronger together, we really are, we're wired that way, our brains are literally regulated by each other. Mm -hmm. uh, until we realize that, it's like people deny that they have these needs. They feel like, oh, I'm too needy, and then it comes out in these twisted ways like codependency or whatever. So that's one one thing that comes Another thing is I think that a lot of, you know, creative, innovative, high-performing, I mean, they're just strong-willed and stubborn and don't want to be told what to do. And, mm. and, um, and it's not a bad thing. I think it, it, it accounts for a lot of success and a lot of, you know, innovations we see in the world. And it's, it's awesome, but it doesn't always mix well with getting along with somebody else. Yeah, no, that's very, very interesting. And, and I, I guess some of the things that also come to mind, um, I know too many people very similar to that, to that, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are also very similar to that. I am very similar to that, uh, what you just uh, ex explained. Um, but putting it the way that you do, uh, I think is very eloquent, and I never really thought about it that way. Um, I have a couple more questions about high performance and connecting more deeply to yourself, and, and I want to go back to the subconscious a little bit. You touched on it briefly, but I just want to see if you can go a little bit more deeper. Like if you were to give somebody some tips, right? Um, and we'll talk about we'll talk about advice later on in the conversation. But just some tips to to kind of gain that peak performance. And I think a lot of times, and what a lot of articles write is that you have to win the morning. And mm. I just want to know from your perspective: is that is that true? Do you believe it if that's true? And if not, if, if, and if not, why? Um, but then also the second question would be, what are some tips that you can give us in order to obtain the peak performance in our business and in our personal lives today? Yeah, I certainly think winning the morning helps. And, you know, I haven't done tons of research on this or anything, but I know other, but I know that people have different clocks and different set points. And so, you know, I can't say it's necessary. I certainly think it helps. I think it's great. I know I feel better when I do, and I don't always. <laughs> um, so, but in terms of tips, and it, you know, winning the morning means setting time for yourself, doing whatever you need to do, whether it's, you know, if it's a, you know, um, the miracle morning and you, you know, physical exercise, journaling, visual, I mean, setting that time for yourself and mm -hmm. having that and meditating, right. Having that, um, that sacred sort of container of space, it's just a lot easier for people to get it done in the morning. And for, mm -hmm. a, and you know, in the morning when you wake up is where your creativity is supposedly flowing the most as well. So mm -hmm. I certainly think it helps. Um, is it necessary? No, there've been a lot of, you know, peak performers and great people who've, you know, had wonderful successes who aren't necessarily morning people and mm -hmm. who have their own version of that. So I don't think it's like, you have to do this. You know I mean? There are certainly, like you said, you've read articles and it's like, here's how to do it. Here are the five steps. And yeah. no, find your own rhythm. That's the other piece is connecting to yourself and knowing what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of what was, I'm sorry, what was the other question, Jonathan? Um, it was just more so along the lines of like the subconscious tips. Um, you already met, you already asked the question about winning the morning. Um, yes. But just like some some like small life hacks that oh, yeah, you might okay. be able to uh, obtain from just like just to, to obtain peak performance. Maybe it's like totally. eat it, not eating sugar or something. It could be something so small that maybe we were just not aware of that we're so up our own asses, so to speak, <laughs> that we just can't we, we, we don't we, we overlook that stuff. 
the thing that I think is not spoken about that I want to really drive home today, because we can talk about, you know, bulletproof coffee. We can talk about green smoothies. We can talk yes. about yoga. We can <laughs> exactly. talk about med- We can, we take can talk, about, talk about meditation. About I think to meditation is meditation. taboo. It, it's, it's all taboo nowadays. It's just right. it's cool to meditate. It's not even like uh, it, it's not even helping you. It's just cool. But bulletproof <laughs> coffee is the same way. But go on. I, I cut you off. We c- no, that's great. I mean, we could talk about all those things and you can look at them and, and, and I think that they're great. And I love all these different hacks and tools. I think you guys, all of your audience has probably heard a lot of those things before. Mm-hmm. The thing that I want to drive home today is prioritizing your connections, not only with yourself, right? Cause we are all, at least I know for myself and, you know, probably your audience is that we're very self-focused. We're, you know, driven individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, really prioritize your connection with others. Mm. You know, don't let that fall away. It's really just, you know, as you know, if you're doing something great in the world, you're going to fail a bunch of times. You're going to get rejected a bunch of times. There's this fascinating study that came out. I have to share this in 2003 that like, again, my mind was blown when I read this. They, a guy named uh, Naomi, well, Naomi Eisenberger and a neurocognitive, whatever scientist named um, Matthew Lieberman. They basically, Mm. And maybe some other someone else too. I'm sorry if I forgot your name, researcher. <laughs> sorry, Matt Lieberman. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but they're they're really brilliant. They they put um, people in an MRI in an fMRI machine that can look at the way the brain lights up and that, that sort of thing. And they uh, added a simu- simulated computer game where it's like three people playing, you know, like a little stick and a ball. So like mm. volleyball kind of, you know, like with like an Atari, you can yeah. picture like a computer, whatever. Pong, yeah. And and so. The person thought they were playing this game using whatever, their heads or hands, or it doesn't matter, but they thought they were playing this game with two other people who were also in the room. And, you know, and what happens is the researchers, they're really just playing against two computers. And so the researchers caused the computers to stop passing the ball to them. Mm. So it was just a two-way thing, and the person was left out. And what they found out was that social rejection – lights up the brain in the same exact way that physical pain does Mm. and it and they showed that actually like tylenol can help that it's because it's so wired into us to have needs for connection to have needs for acceptance we tell ourselves oh i don't care what people think of me like i grew up hearing sticks and stones won't break your bones Mm -hmm. or sticks and stones will break your bones the names will never hurt you and i thought i'm this impervious person i could do whatever i want Without recognizing, actually, no, if somebody like hit me in the stomach, it would hurt. Mm -hmm. If I put myself out there and I was rejected, which we all do over and over again, like it hurts. So if we can really understand that and use the people in our lives who are a social support to buffer us against that, Mm. we can be that much braver. We can be that much bolder in whatever we're doing. So that speaks to the fact that, you know, for high performers to really be their best, prioritize your relationships, not just your romantic relationships, but, you know, surround yourself with, with mastermind or whatever people that are doing are up to the same things, people you can really connect with to buffer you against some of those things that you're going to have to face. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and, uh, beautiful beautifully stated um i would like to shake the conversation up just a little bit and before i do i just have to ask uh, everybody that is still watching and listening to hit the subscribe button uh, right on youtube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews just like this one Um, so before we begin these these questions i do have to state that I did some research on you just as much as you do some research on so many other things that are happening in the world of, of business and psychology. So I went ahead and I did uh, some stalking on your Instagram channel. 
and I just have a couple of questions about some of the things that you've posted, uh, if that's okay with you, of course. Go for it. <laughs> um, so it's just two, two questions, very simple. Uh, I think you said something along the lines of uh, a couple that works out together stays together. Is that true? Is that still true so. to this day? As long uh, as they're not uh, having an affair at the gym, which many people do. But yes. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation <laughs> for a whole other day. Uh, this, this one right here. Yeah, uh, okay. So yep. that's, that's uh, you, the, yep. the, the husband, and two, yep. uh, t two right? Two little ones yep. you mentioned? Two little ones, yep. And, they're three uh, five now, yep. And you guys are running around. Uh, yep. I think this one, this picture is in New Hampshire. You got it. Um, so, yeah, what is it about, I guess, you talked very eloquently about the building relationships, and here you are living in uh, what you preach and running with your significant other. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, what is it about fitness, doing it with yeah. your significant other, that kind of creates this bond that yeah. is just um, is kind of unexplainable to some some degree? It's oxytocin, and it's 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 the love hormone. The the cuddle hormone, it's the, the neurochemical that's released when you have a baby for women um, after orgasm. It's um, Paul Zak wrote a great book called, I think it's called The, the Magic or The Moral Molecule. It's, it helps people build trust. Mm. It's like something that we have as humans and a lot of and social mammals do that connects us. And physical activity, and it doesn't have to be, I mean, if you've ever been on a sports team or if you've ever worked out with friends, it doesn't have to be, you know, like a romantic thing at all but it is a bonding chemical that mm. we that that ac physical exercise helps people you know have more of and and i could go on about you know fitness in terms of you know just other you know just how great it is in general but um but that's part of it it's also just fun i mean to get outside to detach from our technologically you know entwined even though i'm like i'm like oh i should probably take a picture for instagram because <sighs> it's good for the brand you know like <laughs> force myself um so yeah, so that's those are some of the things, but I think it's also just great to be outside and enjoy nature yeah. and connect with the world and you know on these beautiful days. Absolutely. So. I mean, so what was the what the, what was the name of the chemical that you release when oxytocin? Oxytocin, and so that is is the the same. Now I'm just I don't know if you've done the research on this, but is the is the same uh, oxytocin? Do you release the same amount from? I guess like uh, working out working out with a significant like with a partner or is it just working out in general oh no well it's a it's a see the thing about oxytocin is that it's a bonding chemical so it's about connecting with somebody else mm. so yeah i don't really know too much about it to be honest with I was you just, in terms well, i was like more so levels. curious to see like is it the same level is if you were to have an intimate relationship with somebody and you're in the in intimate moment is it the same level as if you were to to have like uh, a running a partner or is it the same levels of like uh, yeah, I don't know whatever it may be I, I'm, I was just kind of curious I don't know but I think we're on to something about why so many affairs start at the gym yeah no exactly <laughs> well so, we could do the research together and we'll, I know and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get back and, and we'll, we'll record another episode in six months with our findings. affairs at the gym right yeah exactly <laughs> that'll be the podcast episode affairs at the gym I love it <laughs> um, my, my last question about your Instagram in particular is uh, just a couple of quotes so I've seen a lot of quotes that are on your on your handle and I'll read it to you so you don't have to worry yeah. about it um, but basically this one says a hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. And it's by Joseph Campbell. Um, is there a particular quote 
that out of all the quotes on your Instagram, is there a particular quote that just resonates uh, with you and that maybe you could share to our audience other than the one that I just mentioned? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's, it's probably on my Instagram, but I'll just say it if it's not, it may not be. It's by Dr. Sue Johnson, who is the psychologist who opened my eyes to this whole world of just connection and all of that. Um, and the quote is, there is no such thing as codependency. There's only effective and ineffective dependency. So that quote basically speaks to the fact that we are interdependent as a species. Now, when she says ineffective dependency, I think she means codependency. You know, I mean, codependency is a word that I think gets thrown around a lot there. I even used it earlier today. But I think what that means is when we don't recognize that we are interdependent by nature, when we don't prioritize those connections and really take care of them and be honest with ourselves emotionally, if we're feeling not important and we want to be and blah, 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 that's when we start you know, acting in ways that are maybe self-defeating or mm -hmm. we avoid people, we cut ourselves off. That's mm -hmm. more sort of, anyway. So there's no such thing as codependency. There's only effective and ineffective dependency. By Very Sue cool. Johnson. Love it. I'm going to ask this question. It's relatively new. Uh, and I just think it's such an important thing to talk about because I think that we as a society are afraid uh, to admit um, this particular question. So I'm going to throw it at you, uh, with, and I did not prepare you for this, so just need an honest answer. Okay. What is your dream? Well, my dream, selfishly, is – well, not, not that selfishly, actually. It's for – you know, I have these two kids, so part of my dream includes them, you know, living out their best lives, making a really positive impact in the world, but being totally happy and fulfilled and just doing whatever they want um, in a positive way. So that's part of my dream. And I hope not to mess them up as a parent. <laughs> but I also know that, you know, just showing kids that you love them, that you're there for them, being present with them is so important. So I do my best. I'm not great at it. I mean, that is show, whatever. Anyway, don't need to be self-critical. Um, I also, you know, so this is more selfishly. I also want to see more of the world, do more outdoor stuff myself. Like I said, you know, the sweet spot years of, you know, just... <laughs> having small kids we don't do as much as we're yeah looking. absolutely so, so i'm excited to you know having some years with the kids as they get older and just yeah. like you know doing more hiking and adventures and things like that mm -hmm. my dream for the world though is to really sort of have this message go mainstream and have us reach a tipping point so that we can prioritize those connections and recognize that you know i know this is going to sound whatever. I mean, I know that, you know, many mystics will say we're all one, right? And I think that when we can finally get that in our bones and really recognize that, you know, like, I don't I know this sounds so like, oh, it's like hoo la la, but like, you know, I mean, world peace, man, like, come on, let's stop the fighting. Let's like <laughs> wake up. So, um, so that's really my dream is to sort of have this, I mean, in a smaller way, just have this idea that is recognized all over the world and all for all of history, but have it really go mainstream and have us really kind of like know it in our bones, like yeah. all of us and act yeah. on it, and which even, I don't know. Well, and even if you can't change the entire world, you can change the world that is currently around you. So, uh, right. and that's very, very powerful. And I, and I hope that we can find a way that people that are listening, including myself that can help you along with your dream. Uh, I have one final question for you today, and the whole idea of this podcast and this conversation in particular is to help people who are temporarily lost or blind in business. And, you know, to what you've stated, they may not have the best relationships in their lives. Um, so to those particular individuals that are listening, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? 
yeah, so the first one I would say is to really lean into others and really, um, really prioritize your relationships. Mm-hmm. Really, really prioritize and, and and seek out new ones if you don't have positive ones, or or repair. I mean, even better, repair the ones that aren't positive. But um, really lean into those and get help if you need to in doing that. You know. If somebody's listening and they're like, oh, yeah, my romantic relationship is in disarray, like I would mm-hmm. really strongly advise you to seek out an emotionally focused therapist mm-hmm. who does couples therapy. The work is mine. It's so good. Um, so that's one is to lean into others. But now the second one is a little bit of a paradox with that because it's also to not do so in a way that I described in the, the beginning, which is that I sort of just like kind of lost my connection to myself and just put my blind faith in somebody else. Um, to tell me what was right for my business. And, and granted, like, yes, there are people who can help, like definitely seek support, but don't lose that connection to yourself. Do whatever you need to do to stay connected to yourself. So mm-hmm. if that's meditating, if that's running, if that's, I mean, these are things that I do, um, praying for people, journaling, whatever it is that you need to do. And, and that's part of being a, you know, a high performer as well as carving out that time, whether it's winning the morning or whether it's winning the midnight or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Um, make it happen. And the third piece of advice that I wanted to share with your audience is that it's a long game. And there are, I mean, if you're not blind or lost at some point, then you're not, you're not in the right, you're not doing it. So if you are feeling blind or lost, then it's actually, you know, it's like Napoleon Hill's advice is turning your you know, temporary defeats into looking at your problems as if they're opportunities. So play the long game. You've got time on your side. Another great book is The Slight Edge, which sort of talks about cumulative interest and how just, you know, moving the needle 1% every day is, is really what it takes to, to, to really do whatever you want. So uh, stay in it for the long game. Very cool. Well, I, I am proud to say that I believe you are the second doctor to officially uh, succeed in completing the podcast. Um, so thank you so much for your time this morning talking about your experiences. Uh, it really, really means a lot. I'd like to give the next 30 seconds to you entirely to just promote whatever it is that you have going on. How can people learn more about you, be a part of your journey, and potentially become a customer? Oh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. So mm-hmm. you can find out more about me on my uh, site, mybestrelationship.com. You can grab a free chapter of my book there. Um, you can check out what I have to offer. So I want to thank you so much for being here. I love chatting with you, and I love your show, and thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah, you can stalk the Instagram just like I did too, and everything <laughs> else, uh, every uh, link and everything uh, and how to contact you, it will all be in the show notes for people to grab. Uh, to those that are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, so smash that subscribe button and head over to tbeshow.com for more inter- for more interviews. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.